Millennial Way, a podcast made for the on-the-go millennial, giving you tips and advice on how to up-level your career, teaching you the things they don't teach you in school. When they ask why, just tell them it's the Millennial Way. Here's your host, Chase Coleman. Guys, welcome back to the Millennial Way. I have another amazing guest with me today. Now, before I introduce him, I have to let you guys know that this guy and I used to compete and go at it when we were in high school. Shoot, even in middle school. We went to rival high schools, but even through all of that rival and competition, we still came out as really good friends, as we remember when we were real young. I've known this guy since I was about five, six years old, and when it comes down to trust, I'm telling you guys, Mikel is somebody that I trust with my life. Now, without further ado, I'm here to welcome the man, the myth, and yes, right, that's right, the legend, Mikel Abdul-Sabor. Mikel, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Chase. Thanks for having me. We're really excited to have you. And guys, a little bit of background on Mikel. Mikel went to William & Mary College up in Virginia. And not only did he graduate from there, but he played Division I football at William & Mary. He attended William & Mary for his MBA while he was continuing to work at his current job, General Motors, and he is now currently a district manager at GM. Mikel, again, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I mean, the first topic that I really want to touch on today is <clears> – <throat> the first topic that I want to really touch on today is being a student athlete and then transitioning to corporate America. When I think about, you know, my time playing for Stetson, I really think about how all of the same similarities between corporate America and the team environment are with playing a collegiate, a collegiate sport. Uh, what are, what are your thoughts on that? I couldn't agree with you more, Chase. Um, I mean, everything I learned through football, through just, becoming more responsible, um, overcoming adversity, being part of a team, becoming more selfless, um, has all definitely translated into my professional career in the business world. And it really is a lot of the things, you know, that companies that are hiring kids out of college, you know, if you're a student athlete and you actually dedicated yourself while you were, you know, playing your sport, those attributes are things that they look for um, it can really give you a leg up in the hiring process. Um, I would say that when I was um, in high school, coming out of high school, my attitude um, was a little different. I was a lot more self-focused. Um, you know, I got to William & Mary. I played quarterback. Quick flashback. Oh, man. Chase intercepted me when I played quarterback <laughs> at Alpharetta, <laughs> throwing the ball. The Carlos burst, my last opportunity to beat Milton. Fourth quarter. <laughs> Carlos, man, don't cut your route off. That was Carlos's fault. Say <laughs> stick the ball off, game over. I'm like, yeah, we just lost to Milton again. That was Listen, oh, I'm not even gonna lie. Memories, bro. On that too. <laughs> it was. It was, but still, man. What I mean, dang. Me and Wesley talk about that all the day, all the time. Um, but <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I can't believe he's I had to I had that. to throw that in there because that just came across my mind really quick. I had to throw <laughs> that thing in there. 
Um, but yeah, like I, like I played at Alpharetta and, you know, I was a quarterback. I mean, I, you know, made all state things like that, but like, I wasn't even a captain on my team. And that was something that like, I never really talked about with anybody, but like, it kind of rubbed me wrong. Cause I'm like, how are you, you know, essentially one of the best players on the team, you're the quarterback supposed to be the leader and me thinking that I am a leader, but you're not elected as a captain. Right. So yeah, especially in fast forward to when it's typically yeah. like the better players who are the captains. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And I definitely knew my work ethic was there, but I, at the same time, I know that I was, I could be a little selfish at times, right? So, you know, fast forward to when I married, that was something that kind of hurt me when I first got there. I really was just focused on myself. Um, You know, you're used to being the man, and when you get to school and you realize, okay, everybody was the man, you know, at their high school, um, (laughs) you you might be riding, (laughs) you might be riding the pine early on when you're first there. definitely humbles you so for me you know I ended up switching positions in college I switched to running back was very upset about it wanted to leave wanted Mm -hmm. to transfer and then I I think you know people come across your paths in life that really change change your outcome for the better and I had a coach who came in from Wake Forest Chris Barclay was a running back coach told me you know, that he saw potential in me to be a great running back. So, you know what, I stuck it out, I stayed, I switched, and, wow. you know, was able to, you know, start for three years, make all-conference, make, like, you know, honorable, excuse me, honorable mention All-American. But most importantly, you know, I was selected as a captain my last year. And that was, for me, that was the greatest accomplishment, um, you know, I had in college athletically was just being a captain, you know, being a guy that, you know, still to this day, you know, the younger guys call me, you know, asking me for career advice, yeah. asking me, you know, when they have, you know, adversity, oh, how did you overcome this? And that, to me, is like my kind of legacy, you know, at William & Mary. Um, that's, so, you know, from – so dope. Go ahead. That, no, that's so dope because I think you said a couple important things right there. And the first one being is that, like, you came up to a point where – you were about to quit, not necessarily football, but at William & Mary and try to transfer, right? And I think that that's something that all of us come up in our lives at some point, right? Like, whether it be your job, whether it be your damn girlfriend, whether it be, you know what I mean, anything where it's just like, you know, I'm going to give up. Like, I'm tired of doing this. I'm tired of being frustrated. Like, this is not what I want to be doing. But almost, I want to say 99% of the time when you power through that and push through that, it ends up turning out for the better, right? And now you're in this position where you're doing these great things at General Motors and you got your freaking MBA. And and we'll talk about that later. But just the fact that you were like willing to stay and push through that and then accomplish something that you really wanted to truly get out of your college career, which was become a captain my senior year or before that of my college division one football team and be a role model for these guys moving forward. And you've set I mean, you've kind of paved the path for these guys now. You know what I mean? Right, right. No, you're you're spot on with that. And, um, yeah, that was definitely the most gratifying part. <clears throat> but um, I guess, you know, kind of fast forward from, you know, playing my last season and moving into, you know, what am I going to do next? I got injured my senior season, so that was some more adversity. Um, you know, draft yeah. stock dropped a lot. Um, still able, you know, still was able to get an agent, train, do pro day, um, 
tried out with a few different teams, you know, just didn't make the cut and then, you know, had the opportunity to go yeah. play in Canada or, you know, in Europe and just made the decision with my body um, and just kind of long-term longevity of what I wanted to do, um, decided to give up football. So I basically gave up. I, I had already started yeah. my NBA my fifth, my fifth year, so that was my redshirt se- uh, senior season. So okay. did that. Yeah, did that. They paid for, you know, the first year. But when, once the, you know, first year was over, I took a break to try to focus on football. And um, I ended up giving up football. And I'm like, okay, what am I going to do next? So um, I ended up going back to Alpharetta and um, helping out coaching at the high school. I was uh, running, you know, NFL Play 60 camps with um, Tim Lester and Jerome Bettis. Yeah. Um, you know, former Steelers. And then I was just coaching and training kids. Um, so those were things that I knew that I could do and still stay in shape and just until I figured out what I wanted to do, um, yeah. you know, I did that. Yeah. So I, I, I started back the NBA basically right after that. Um, and that was, I was doing it online and I ended up going to work for a company, um, an IT consulting and staffing company that I had a couple of buddies that worked for. So I, I moved from Chicago. I'm going to say I moved to Chicago from Atlanta. Um, that was back. Okay let's see, 20, I think September, October, maybe of 2017 or no, 2016, actually, 2016, um, left, went to Chicago, worked there for like four months, had a girlfriend at the time who lived in DC. So I ended up transitioning and uh, moving to DC with the same company and, um, got there, you know, me and the girlfriend thing didn't work out. Um, and I just, you know, try to put my head down and kind of just focus on work. But, um, you know, one thing led to another. It was, you know, it was very difficult with doing the NBA while I was still working. I mean, I'm staying in the office, you know, until midnight, going home, still working until 2 a.m. Um, and it got to be a lot. So I ended up taking another break on the NBA and ended up, I wasn't happy in my career, wanted to do something else. So, this is something I don't recommend anyone do, but okay. <laughs> don't ever leave a job before you have another job. Do you not know, ever leave a job before the, you have another job. One of the most valuable things I've ever heard, legitimately. And and you'll hear that from multiple people, you know, throughout your life, throughout your career, and from people who've, who've done that before, right? So keep going. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's so valuable. Yeah. So the rough, you know, you're living in D.C., you're young single, living in D.C., going out with friends all the time, but you just left your job. You have money that you're, you know, you made that you're just living off of, but you don't have that steady income still coming in. So what did I do? I started doing anything and everything to make money, whether it was doing, I was driving Uber and Lyft, started some online, you know, stores selling, like, just anything I had. Oh, yeah. um, Doing that, and then... Ended up, um, you know, I was applying for different jobs, and they were mostly within the IT consulting realm. Got a few offers, um, but nothing really that I was like, oh, yeah, I definitely want to go do. So at this point, money's getting low. I'm like, all right, I'm tripping. I got to do something. So I had an old friend, you know, from um, Alpharetta, actually, older mentor, and uh, he was long-term, you know, with General Motors, retired from General Motors, and just called me and uh, 
asked me, you know, was I interested? And I, I said, yeah. And so I ended up wow. applying there, um, <laughs> had an interview. Awesome. Yeah, it was hilarious because I had the interview, thought the interview was very well. It was a phone interview with like three or like a WebEx interview with like three other people. And um, I didn't get a call back for like three weeks. So I'm thinking I don't have the job. And the yeah, guy from HR ends up, <laughs> yeah, you think it's over. So the guy from HR calls me and he's like, hey, like, I'm really sorry we got back to you so late, but uh, I had the wrong phone number for you. I've been calling you for three weeks. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, uh, okay. Yeah, he he like, calls me the, the offer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He tells me the offer, man. And I'm like, yeah, I'll take it. Let's do it. So. After that, I had like uh, maybe a month and a half or something like that before I was going to start. So, you know, had to leave D.C., which I didn't really want to, but, hey, this was a greater opportunity for me at the time. So at that point, I moved. I was still working. Um, obviously, I was still working on the NBA. So at yeah. this point, I moved to Detroit to headquarters for some training. Um, okay. Then from there, I went to Buffalo. From Buffalo, I went to – Connecticut. Oh, oh yeah, I was that's on the cold. Cold. Buffalo, Connecticut, and it was during the winter. During the winter, um, <laughs> my bones are chilling to think about it. Terrible, man. But I will tell you, it, what really got hard was that last, you know, three to four months of my training program while I was also doing um, the NBA. I was able to grind it out. I was able to finish and everything, but it was definitely, you know, a challenge. The biggest thing was, hey, what do, what do you put? What do you prioritize? And at the end of the day, what I'll say is when you're working on an MBA and, and you know, working full-time, um, something's going to have to give. So for me yeah. at the time, because I needed to finish, my job gave a little bit. So I wasn't putting in, you know, full effort at the time. And once the MBA finished and I was back putting full effort into my job, I obviously was reaping better results, uh, you know, felt better just about, you know, the future, um, but I, I, there were definitely things I, I could point out while I was going through that that time that could have made things a lot better. I mean, I see the most important thing, obviously, me and you, Chase, we played, you know, collegiate sports, um, grew up playing sports our whole lives. You know, health is wealth, man. I think it's it's so real. I mean, it's kind of cliche, um, you know, cliche for people to say, but if I would have been working out, you know, every single day, if I would have, you know, been eating healthier, all of those things, you know, not not going out as much, all of those things would have made life so much easier. Um, but I'm happy that I went through that time and was able to learn from it because at the end of the day, had I not learned from it then, same thing could have came up later. And so now I'm in a much I'm in a much better place with that. But I recommend, man, to anybody who is wanting to obtain an MBA while working, as long as you're able to, you know, prioritize, um, you know, your work and, you know, maintain a healthy lifestyle, it really is rewarding. Um, when you're done, you just, you feel great about it. And, you know, it's, the biggest thing is you open up a huge network. Um, as long as you're engaged in your program and you're in a, you're in a good program, you open up a huge network that, you know, will carry you for the, for the rest of your life and just continue to build upon. Yeah, that's – see, I think that's what's dope about MBAs. And first off, thanks for all of that because I'm learning from you the fact that, like, 
you know, doing your MBA and working at the same time is tough. And this, it's something that's been heavy on my mind lately as I've been preparing for the GMAT and also getting ready to look at different schools of where I want to get my MBA, if I want to go get my MBA. There's so many mm-hmm. programs out there nowadays where you could do like the the evening MBAs or you could do the online MBAs or you could do the executive MBAs or they have all these fancy names for them. And at the end of the day, you have to remember that it's school, right? Like, and school takes a lot of time. It's not like you're just getting your bachelor's, you're getting your master's. So you have to spend right, that, right. that time between, and really like no one works nine to five, call it eight to five. You got to factor your commute time in there too. So eight to six, your majority of your day is done already. And then that gives you what, I mean, like, five hours to eat and then also do schoolwork and you probably have mm-hmm. an exam coming up or you have papers that you need to write. Like my, my point in saying is that it's a lot. And the fact that you right. made it through and figured out how to make it through, right? Like you took breaks during that time, which I think are so important for people to hear, especially around the fact that like you don't have to finish it all the way through. And I mean, you're what, Mikel, 26? 26 next month, man. 26 on the 26th of March. Like you're about to be 26 and you're legitimately already got your MBA and the way you made it sound, you made it sound like it took you three years to get it, but that was not the case at all, you know? Right. Like it, I mean, no, it actually, I mean, technically it did, it took me, let's see, I started it 20, what's that? 2015. So it did technically take me three years to get, but I had gaps. So if I would have done it, stuck with it straight through, it would have been, you know, traditional two years. Yeah, and it just didn't, it sounded a lot more feasible that way, where it's like taking a semester off or a quarter off, however the the um, right. program is right. Up. Even though I did the, you know, did the MBA while working, I would recommend that. But so I was the only person, I was the only student who went straight from undergrad into this MBA program at William and Mary. Okay. It was a, a newer program. What I recommend, though, because a lot of things in your MBA um, program are they ask for experiences from your work life. And because I still was also fresh in my work life, I recommend personally that you work two years after school and then you go get your MBA. I would not recommend to anyone um, going straight into it unless you know exactly what you want to do as far as, you know, um, specializing in, like, you know, uh, uh, investment banking or, you know, a a specific path, a specific MBA path. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, that's good to know, too, because that gives even more insight to the class setup, right? It's about experience and what you've experienced and kind of bringing other, it sounds like it's bringing other people's experiences into the class for a, call it solid discussion to, to at least be able to discuss business cases. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Love it. Love it. Now switching gears one last time. The last topic I want to talk about, you've moved, man, Chicago, Detroit for a little bit, DC. Can you, can you give just the people any tips or advice that you have when it comes to moving? I mean, I know personally my biggest challenge in moving wasn't necessarily the weather change or you know, being far from family, but it was more around just like making friends and being open and vulnerable to like going out and doing things by yourself. But I've never moved to Chicago or DC, which are two ginormous cities. So anything that you have for, for all of us would be great. 
For sure, for sure. Um, well, the first thing I'll say is if you have an alumni network presence in whatever city you move to, definitely get engaged, definitely get involved. Um, I didn't take advantage of that as much in the first few cities, and I'm trying to really get involved in that here in, um, in Pittsburgh now. But there's so many, you know, different events usually that most of alumni networks have and hold, whether it be, you know, like a breakfast and business cards, whether it be a happy hour, um, you know, golf outings, whatever it may be, you know, those are people that are going to look out for you first and foremost, you know, before someone who doesn't really have any connection with you, you know, those people that you went to school yeah. with or people that just went to your school and our fellow alumni, they want to help. You know, there's a lot of, for what, for me, for William Mary, I was, I'm grateful. There was a lot of successful alumni. Like, there really is. And they're well-established across so many different sectors and industries that, you know, yeah. if you really connect with them and, you know, you, you obviously start by having, you know, just a, a you know, a friendship. Um, it doesn't have, you don't have to come out the gate talking about, hey, can you help me get a job here? Can you help me get a job there? People want, people are genuinely interested in you as a person. So if you open yourself yeah. up to people and then, you know, show interest in them, you know, they're going to be, you know, more reluctant to, you know, want to help you. And so I would recommend that first and foremost, I would say, um, getting involved in something that you're passionate about, whether it be um, any type of philanthropy, whether it be, you know, health and fitness, um, whether it be any type of art, anything like that, find like a hobby that you like, get involved in it. You know, for me, it was playing, playing basketball at the gym, meeting different people that yeah. way. Um, simple things like that, that you never know who you're going to meet. So you got to put yourself out there, you know, for sure. And I would say another thing, man, is, hey, man, we're, I know we're young. It's a, it's a YOLO lifestyle. I have definitely traveled a lot, just even, oh, not yeah. even, you know, where I live, but traveling a lot. Save, 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 you know, live below your means when you're first moving around to these different cities because <laughs> you want to you wanna be able to, you know, start building, you know, your you know, your foundation for your family. Even if you're not thinking about a family, you don't, you're not in a relationship or whatever. Um, you know, I learned that after the first couple of years out of school, but save, man, like save, invest, um, you know, learn about personal finances because at the end of the day, when you get in your thirties, you don't want to be like, Oh dang, now I need to start saving. Um, yeah. so I would definitely <laughs> that, recommend that. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's a key point right there, bro. It's like, you know, I have a financial advisor right now and, and honestly, it's the best thing that ever happened to me because he, and he legitimately told me this, like I walk into his office, right. As I graduate college, I'm about to move to Seattle. I have more money in my hand than I've ever had before. And it's really not that much, but to a college kid who just graduated, it was a lot. And I'm like, right. uh, what, what kind of accounts do I use? Like, I just want to go spend it. I want to buy a car. And he was like, listen, like, first off, don't go, don't go buy a car with your bonus money. That's not smart. But second, and he was like, and he was like, literally, spend your money in year one. Like, go have fun. Go travel. Go do things. Mm -hmm. Spend every yep. paycheck. Live paycheck to paycheck if you want because they are not firing you after year one it, unless you royally mess up, like unless you really mess up. But after that, you have to start putting money away. And you have to start putting money right. in your 401k, right. start putting money in your savings. Right. And you just got to start putting it there and don't even think about it. Like, open up a new bank account in a different bank. 
and never go to that that uh that website unless it's like yearly. And I was mm-hmm. like, what? Yep. And then he, yep. and bro, the unsight unseen thing about money. Oh my lord! Like I have um, acorns, and it, they like take money. Oh yeah, the me, top too. Of your, me too. Yep. Bro, I check that like every once in a while, and I'm like, oh my lord, really? Like I have that much money saved up? Okay, I'm gonna close this app before I before I look at it again and want to take money out. I don't even know how to withdraw the money on the dang account yet, but still, like my point <laughs> being, your point being is that at some point after you after you start your career, whether it be one, two, three years, while we're in our early 20s, we gotta start saving, especially when it comes to you know, those big things. And quite frankly, like I had, I had another hernia surgery that came out of nowhere just last April. It came right before my birthday and I was going to Coachella in April. I was like, man, I am so excited to go to Coachella. I just spent basically all the money that I had on the dang festival, but I had to get Mm -hmm. surgery on the day of my birthday. And I was like, okay, well, if I would have saved just a little bit of cash right now, like I'd be saving myself a lot more money because at the end of the day, like surgery is not necessarily the cheapest thing and emergencies happen and you're going to need those Mm -hmm. emergency funds at some point. And I mean, I was like, shoot, do I really have to pay this? And uh, yeah, I mean, it becomes real when you're an adult and something comes to your, your front door or your mailbox and you're like, Oh wow. That's a bill. And it says my name on it and it's not addressed to my parents. Okay. Like (laughs) I got to pay that at some point. So Emergency yep, funds, exactly. saving funds for the future, all of that stuff's important, man. That's for sure. For sure, man. For sure. Mikel, thank you so, so much for coming on the Millennial Way today. We, I mean, that was a great conversation. I don't know about you, but I had a lot of. Thanks for tuning in. And don't forget to follow our blog at itsmillennialtalk.com. Follow us on social media at underscore Millennial Way on Instagram and Twitter. 